This podcast is offered by Black Mountain Zen on the web at blackmountainzen.org. All public offerings are made possible by the kind donations from people like you. Stephen, I wanted to talk about um, samadhi and prajna, uh, concentration and wisdom. But then I thought, this is Zen, why not have a direct experience? So here's what I have concocted. Is th- we'll do three short meditations. And, and, and then we'll discuss them. Okay. So for each one of them, the foundation is sitting upright in Zazen posture. For each one, you, you want your body to be upright, you want your torso, your abdomen, your throat to be relaxed, you, 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 you want your body to be balanced, you, you want your body and your breath, and as best you can, your mind to be available for the activity. So let me describe the first one. And then we'll do it for two, three minutes, and then I'll hit the bell. Um, The first one is um, using Mu as the object of directed effort and attention. You know, the directed effort requires attention to happen. Especially when the directive effort has um, some kind of exertion and detail to it. Like you, you can't do an activity that requires exertion and engagement in detail unless you're paying attention. No. Um, so on the exhale, you extend the signed mu. And for, for this exercise, you can make it slightly audible. Don't do it real loud, but, but, but certainly so you can hear yourself. Okay? And, and through your mouth. So it'll be like this. Mu. And then also extend the exhale. Not so that you're gasping for air at the end of it, but extend it quite deliberately. Pause, and then let the inhale happen, and then start over. And there's no rush to your breath. You know, you just do it all at your own rhythm. Okay? So let's do that.
The next one, um, this tip requires a little preparation. And the preparation is this. You just let your body totally relax and let the breath happen as naturally as possible. But see, can you notice as you breathe in exactly how that registers its physical experience? You let the breath happen as naturally as possible and try to notice the physical experience. You know, does it, is there a tingling in your chest, a movement in your abdomen, whatever it is, whatever that physical experience that accompanies allowing the breath to happen. And then with each breath, bring attention to that experience. You know, if it's a tingling in your chest, you bring attention to your chest. If it's a softening in your abdomen, you bring your attention. So as you're breathing in, you're also engaging the, the accompanying physical sensation. So, so first, take a couple of breaths. Let your body relax. And allow the inhale and notice the physical sensation. And do it two or three times just to see what it is. Okay? So now to meditate guided by letting the breath happen and bringing awareness to the area that became evident when you allowed the breath to happen. Letting the breath happen and bringing awareness to the area that became evident, that had some pronounced experience, sensation. And so with each inhale, 
bringing awareness to that area. And letting the breath be quite natural with that addition, attention to that area. One more. Um, in this one, you get very close to doing nothing. Um, what the intention is to just watch what comes to mind, what comes into the realm of awareness, what comes to attention, is constantly changing. So when there's a sound, just awareness of sound. When that gives way and there's awareness of seeing, awareness of seeing. When it goes back to sound, just noticing that too. When it moves to breath, noticing that. There's no attempt to have any particular experience. There's no attempt 
to have awareness and attention reside anywhere. Stay with any particular object. Sometimes called objectless concentration. sometimes called being aware of awareness. Sometimes entered into by a willingness to experience whatever's happened without an agenda. A willingness to experience whatever's happening without any agenda to make it more or to make it less. So just to notice. And I would suggest you at least have your eyes half open or maybe even fully open. So how was that? Bewildering, confusing? Any comments? How was it? Multifaceted. Yes, and your experience of it was? Same. The same? It changed. How about all three? Do you have any comments about 
second one was rather pleasant. Mm -hmm. It invoked in me a, a meditation I did long ago at home. I was quite enjoying the experience. You mean the first one, like doing Moo? Yes, that's, that's the first one. The second mm -hmm. one, I sort of fell asleep. Mm. And then what about the other two? I think that the first one, this really, like, I felt more open, more settled to this. I might have approached the second and third one a little more intellectually. Had we started with them, I feel like if the first one just kind of dismantled that habit. Hmm. to the spine and then, to, you know, it was a very 
you know, because it was uh, very subtle, it wasn't like an active repeating of the mantra, but it was a subtle thing that um, it kind of each gave each other energy, you know, and so it was very engaging. I've had a very long day, so the other two were kind of very subtle. <laughs> Thank you. something 
still to co- sort of grab the attention or to pay attention to, mm-hmm. as opposed to, s- yeah. And so that was going, sort of felt more like going deeper into the water. And then the last one was kind of like just going off the deep end, you know, and You did or you didn't? Good. <laughs> Thank you. Can you see from your own experience and the comments that are coming up that as we engage the moment, as we engage the experience of the moment, shift out of just being incorporated into the world according to me. You know, here's what I think about it, here's, how, here's the feelings I have about it, my judgments, whatever. Uh, something other than just this is about me is asserted. It's, and, and as we experience it, um, something else can be illuminated, something more than just the world according to me. And, and we can start to see how attention, experience, and how it's used, how the body's engaged, directed or receptive, influences what happens.
You know, usually we may think, okay, well, the, the object of meditation is to not let the mind wander. But you can flip that on its head and say, the object of meditation is to simply watch the mind wander. And then some restriction has been removed, and that has a consequence. I mean, what exactly is distraction? Distraction is when this is supposed to happen and attention wanders away. But if you remember that part of Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind, where Suzuki Roshi says, if you want to control a cow, give it a large meadow. Just open up to whatever happens. Now the challenge is that directing attention creates connection. And connection creates energy. So so the, the awareness is brightened, is stimulated by the connection, the engagement. And, and, and so there's something in that kind of assertion, you know. Okay, do this with your body, extend the exhale, make the sign to move, and as you make the sign to move, you're hearing your own breath. So there's all sorts of cues connecting you to the activity. And as that happens, it's potent. And, and of course the challenge for us is if we do it repeatedly then our beginner's mind curiosity or naivete or innocence starts to get corrupted oh I did this yesterday and I had this experience so that's or I really like what someone else said and I want to get that experience <laughs> um, or, well, you know, I did this yesterday and I sort of know what it produces and I'm not, I'm not that genuinely curious. No? I'm more doing it because to be a good Zen student, I should do this. No? You know, can, can we start to tune in and see those kind of attitudes and motivations that, that we're adding? You know, it's like this is, these are the extra we bring in. And and in the directed applied exertion, it's like there's, um, you give yourself, you give your energy, your attention to the application. And it's like there's no extra energy or attention to go to these other attitudes and assumptions and whatever. And then we learn something in that about the chemistry, the alchemy of giving attention. Giving attention creates connection. Connection creates energy. Energy illuminates and, sti- and stimulates awareness. 
And as awareness is stimulated, the momentary experience has a kind of authority in its being. It's like it becomes more itself. As it becomes more itself, the world, according to me, quite literally starts to pale in comparison. You know, usually, the world, according to me, is the big show in time. It wins all the Oscars. As awareness is stimulated, it becomes more vibrant, more significant. And the challenge is that it, in a way, our effort stays innocent. We don't sneak in through the back door. Yes, that's good stuff, and that's what I want. You know. It's like the challenge is every time we sit down, we have to return to that innocence, that original mind, you know, that asks, that it, that engages, not knowing what the outcome should be or could be. Then in the second one, the quality of um, allowing the breath to flow, allowing attention to be guided by the natural process of our being. And there's still attention, there's still connection, there's still directing attention. But it's not as purposeful. It's not as asserted as in the first one. So its teaching is about (coughs) letting the activity flow, letting the attention flow, letting something natural unfold. As we engage what we're doing, can we, can we flow with it? You know, rather than assert it. And then in the third one, well, to go back to the second one, and then engaging in the body, how that registers. You know? as, as we start to experience being in the moment, it influences. It influences the body. It influences the senses. It influences the breath. It influences the patterns of mind and the states of mind. Now, they're pretty subtle. But, but often, as you practice, you start to notice maybe, oh, as I start to settle, my breath shifts like this or my face softens like this, or my um, shoulders relax like this. Little cues, little ways to help you stay connected. 
sometimes to help you stay connected, and sometimes to stimulate connection. Attention follows the breath, but also uh, following the breath stimulates the breath too. And then in the third one, this having no agenda. Just being open to whatever's happening. You know, this irrefutable wisdom is what's happening is what's happening. It's always so. It's always such. What's happening is what's happening. And our conditioned nature is to always want to do something to it, for it, against it, to have a comment about it, to have a judgment, to like it, to dislike it, to have a response, you know. So we can miss something very fundamental. What's happening is what's happening. What is original mind? What is the origin of all this stimulated story that's constantly going on, being fed back and forth in each moment, in each situation, in each relationship? And maybe we could say that in our practice, we're, in, and by that I mean in our, in our zazen practice, shikantaza, just sitting, that we are upholding the third one. Um, but I would say our practice includes them all. That, that each one of them is asking for a skillful relationship to experience. Each one of them is a path of discovery. Hmm. What, what's the discovery of applied attention? You know? Whether it's to your breath saying moo, or to sweeping the sidewalk, or attending to your field of activity as you do your emailing. If by some strange chance you email. Um, Then our life is filled with occasions and opportunities to explore applied attention like that. And our life is filled with opportunities to engage in a kind of flowing manner. When you're, when you're engaging with someone else, you, know, you, you say something, they say something. You have a response, they have a response to your response. You know, the moment flows in an interactive way. How to have that kind of flowing attention. 
And then in the third one, how to come back to zero, you know? How to come back to now as free and unhindered from assumptions and presumptions as possible. To let this moment just illuminate itself. And the more we do that, the more we start to see all the things we add in. And sometimes it's rather painful. Maybe we see the degree to which we can't just let it be itself. There's a persistent voice that just won't be quiet. I should stop. Um, What I wanted to do was link this to the process of insight. But insight, how how these attending to these states of mind and these ways of engaging, each of them helps to create a, a different aspect of insight. And, you know, prajna is, is, uh, could also be translated as insight. In a stricter sense, that might be arguable, but I think in a general sense it could be. Just an in, in insight. And let me just finish by saying that insight and prajna arises not through figuring out it's as we engage, something becomes evident. Something about the nature of being becomes evident. It might be what becomes evident is the conditioned patterns of our own emotions. It might be what becomes evident is how when you enter into an open field of awareness, your sense of being shifts um, It can happen in a variety of ways, but it's not the product of sitting down and I'm going to figure this out. That's just generating new thoughts, which are sometimes very helpful and very useful. But they still happen within the context of conditioned thought patterns. The the direct experience cracks that open. It offers it new data. It gives it new possibilities and ways to experience itself. 